0: Welcome to Church Online. I am so excited that you have joined us this morning. I'm Pastor Matt. I pray that our worship will be exciting and uplifting. I pray that the ministry of the Word will work in your heart and that the Lord will do something special. Thank you again for joining us and enjoy the service. Take your Bibles, turn to Romans. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. Uh, The title of the message today is Get Stuck. Get Stuck. And we're going to get stuck, hopefully, hopefully, but it's going to be good. Before I jump in, last week's message, just by way of review, uh, looking at verses 3 through 8, we talked about, um, and and we didn't get, I I was able to get to it a little bit more in the 9 a.m. than I was in the 11. I don't know how that happens, but it does. Uh, But we talked about being filled with the Spirit, and uh, the first part of, if I get here, the first part here of many gifts but one body And kind of expounding on verse number six, these gifts of the Spirit and how the Spirit works and operates. And, you know, you have to look at this as two distinct groups of people, the Torah-abiding Jews and the non-Torah-abiding Gentiles, and how Paul is bridging that gap and how he wants them to get along. He wants them to be brothers and sisters, which we'll see today. Uh, But the key is being filled with the Spirit of God. And if you're filled with the Spirit of God, you you see here that uh, these gifts, prophecy, serving, teaching, exhorting, giving, leading, and mercy, like it comes out. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, you just can't help but do these things that God has called you to do. And so I I don't want to miss that. I don't want to gloss over it, so to speak. But uh, I just feel like, and we'll hit it on another level in, in today's message about being filled with the Spirit, but... Uh, you know, a good litmus test of whether or not you are in that sweet spot with your relationship with the Lord is what you're doing. Like, you can't, uh, for instance, here's a, here's a prime example. We took a few days this week, and, and we went down to Rehoboth. Uh, towards the end of the week, we got back yesterday, and uh, Chloe watched our, our, uh, our other, our fur baby, uh, Rahab. <laughs> Rahab the harlot. Um, yep, from scripture. Uh, but that's, that's her name, and she's crazy, right? And if you know anything about the breed, uh, Dutch Shepherds and Belgian Malinois are off the hook. They have a ton of energy, right? Is anybody familiar with a Belgian Malinois or a Dutch Shepherd, right? Which we have both, right? So it's our dog is a Dutch Shepherd. The mom was a Dutch Shepherd, and if you see her little brindle in there, that's her mom. And her dad was a Belgian Malinois. And, and they are uh, very high strung. And they're very smart, very intelligent. But because of their breed, because of all that power and agility, no joke, you can take a laser, like, you know, with the, the cats, how they follow the laser. My dog will follow the laser. And you run it up the wall. And she's got springs for paws, I'm telling you. I mean, she just jumps straight up. And her head is above the door frame right, on our front door. I mean, it's, I remember Bowie used to do that. (laughs) That dog would just like, it springs in his feet. But like, Rahab, she's got all this energy. And so, uh, because of that, if you don't work them, if you don't get them out, if you don't let them chase a ball, if you don't, uh, you know, you telling them to sit or down or go open that door, like she's that smart, you know what I mean? She opens doors with her paws like this. Uh, But if you don't work them, all their energy, guess what? It goes to chewing things up. It goes to biting the kids, right? It goes to eating our Crocs, right? Uh, And and most of the time, you know, if you're having a hard time with your dog, right, uh, and, and they're doing things that they shouldn't, it probably just means you need to be exercising them more. You need to be doing more things with them. You need to be challenging them more. Why? Because of how they were bred, what they were bred to do. Uh, And you can like YouTube it, like Belgian Malinois, you know, doing crazy things or eating people or, you know, like police train them to do really cool things. Um, But that's just what her breed is. And so I'm sitting down on the couch. We drove yesterday. We had a long day. I was reviewing the scripture for today. And she just like got on the couch and like crawled up right next to me. And she just started nipping at me. And like what she does is she takes her toy and she lays her toy on me and then bites me and the toy. You know what I mean? To be like, oh, I'm just biting my toy. You know what I mean? But really, she's trying to get me to get off my, my bum, right? So she's putting her toy and nibbling. I'm like, Reb, get out of here. No, I, I need to read the Bible. And Sarah was in the kitchen. She was just like, Matt, just take her out for just five minutes. I was like, you're right. So I go, I I get the ball, I walk out in the dark, and I just chuck the ball as hard as I can down the street, you know, and she goes and gets it, and we do that about 10 times, and she goes in, and she plops down, and she's happy. She has all this energy, and she has to use it. It has to be positioned. You know, I think we'd have a lot less problems in the church. I think we'd have a lot less bickering and biting, you know what I mean? and people being possessive over their treats <laughs> and their things if we would just get out and serve. If we would just get busy with the gifts, because you, you see, if you realize, like we've been worshiping this morning, right? And you think about the name of Jesus and, and what God has done, and we're, we're seeing this thing from a victory, and he's gone before us, Miss Marie, and he's equipped us to do a work, and then we don't do anything with our gifts, What do we end up doing? We end up biting each other. We end up bickering. Nothing gets done. We end up tearing the house of God apart. Why? Because all we need to do is go work for a minute. I don't want to work. I just want to come to church and sit. Have a Belgian Malinois and see how that works. I just wanted you to sit in the corner and look pretty and take my nice pictures on Instagram. Having a dog is more responsibility than that. Having a Holy Ghost inside of you is more responsibility than that. You're learning about what God is going to do in your life, and then you're frustrated because you're frustrated. But you don't serve, and you don't do, and and there's no outlet for the grace that God has given you. So what do you do? You pick each other apart, you have a rotten marriage, you yell at the kids. A lot of it, I'm saying, can be avoided if you just serve. If you pray and say, Holy Ghost of God, what gift have you given me that I can use? It's not the end-all, be-all. And and there are a lot of religions, there are a lot of churches that position themselves where they guilt people into doing things to earn favor, where they say, don't you know what God has done for you? You should do this, that, or the other. It's not that that's a wrong statement, it's just the wrong perspective. You should, and Paul said that in verse 1 of of, uh, Romans chapter 12. But he's saying it's because of God's mercy. He's also saying... You've got the Holy Ghost inside of you. Y'all are made to run. You're made to work. We're made to bear fruit. We're made to accomplish something. And you're sitting on your gifts. You're sitting on your blessed assurance. And it doesn't work that way. You thought you were good. You thought that you could just come. You thought you could just watch online. But that's not what... It's not enough for God. God said, I I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you. And you can't just sit in that house. You can't just sit in that cage. You can't just dream about it. you got to go do it. And I'm just here to tell you, like, our church is moving. There's stuff happening. But unfortunately, it's by the five to 10% of those that are trained, right? And the only way that will grow that is if you just start, if you just jump in. Don't let the enemy tell you that what you're doing is insignificant. I could have said last night, no, that's dumb. Five minutes outside with a ball is dumb. No, it's not. I spent five minutes outside and I enjoyed the rest of my evening. Do you understand what I, and if you have a working dog, you get what I'm saying. (laughs) Five minutes with a ball, chasing it, doing what she's meant to do, allows her to rest and relax. Many of you, you think that you're finding joy and enjoyment in life doing what you want to do. But after salvation, it doesn't work that way. You find joy and fulfillment from fulfilling God's purpose for your life. Salvation isn't just a Coke machine. You don't just come up to the Coke machine, put your dollar in, and receive salvation, and that's it. God's just not handing out tickets. He wants a relationship. He wants you uniquely for who you are and what you add to the body of Christ because that's how the gospel works. And many of you are like, no, I just wanted salvation and I'm going to do what I'm doing. That's why you're unhappy. You mean that'll fix my marriage? Yes, it's called the right perspective. Wow, it's quiet. What, what what do I mean here? I mean, you need to look at these gifts and say, which one is mine? And you need to serve. You need to put that thing to work. And until then, just find something. Anything. It doesn't matter. Sarah and I were talking this week. Like, Chelsea Welsh, like she took over doing nursery and it's like pulling teeth to get people to volunteer for it. You're like, well, kids aren't my gift, but maybe giving something to the director like your time could be your gift. (laughs) you know what I mean? We overthink this sometimes. Our children's ministry is growing. We had the biggest VBS we've ever had. We need more people to help with events. We need more people to help with outreach, right? With There's so many things that need to be done. My point is, is like, God's given you unique gifts to perform works in his church and for people. Don't sit on them. Get up. Get busy. Get working. Get doing. And, and you'll see that in the text. You'll see that. You saw that last week. You'll see it today. So think about, like, Lord, what do you have for me? What do you have? Is it worship? And if, and if you say, yes, it's worship, and your husband or wife goes, no, it's not worship. <laughs> Be sensitive to that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, my dad, God bless him, he used to love to sing. But it went about as far as the pew. My mom was like, no, you ain't allowed to get in the choir. <laughs> like, there's, there is people who are uniquely gifted for certain things. But look, it, for the most part, like we just, we need a church of a church of folks that are serving. That'll be a happy church. That'll be a church that the Lord uses. So don't miss that as we're reading this. Uh, but today I'm telling you, whew, man, it's a, it's a good one. This is a good passage. This passage has, um, it's been preaching to me all week. And you know how sometimes you read some things. And you're like, what does that mean? What is the Lord saying there? But then other times you read it and you know exactly what it means. Does anybody track with that in your Bible reading? This week is one of those, you know exactly what it means. There's no mystery around what I'm about to say this morning. I could, in fact, just read the passage. We could all just pray and go home because it's that pointed and it's that preachy. But in his letter and letter form, I'm sensing three things that I see Paul pushing. Three things that he's telling us to get stuck on. And so we're gonna gonna develop those, but there are enemies, there are evil things that come up against those three things, and he also addresses those. So we're gonna talk about those things too. Uh, But remember, and if you've never seen the book of Romans this way, it's very simple. Torah-abiding Jew and non-Torah-abiding Gentile. He wants two distinctly different people groups to come together for one purpose, and that's the gospel. Romans 1.16. The the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first, but also to the Greek. And he has laid serious groundwork. We're sinners. We're unable to perform. Uh, The only reason that we have a relationship is because of Jesus, The only reason the Holy Ghost is able to come and live inside of our hearts and seal us under the day of redemption is because our sins have been cared for, have been washed by the blood of the Lamb. You're not here in your seat. You're not gifted by the Spirit of God because of your goodness, but because of his grace. It ain't about you. It's about Jesus. His name, let me remind you, is above your name. We pray. His name is above every name, but Somehow we forget that it's above our name. Man, it's gonna be—it's gonna be a rough one today. I'm just warning you. Y'all might as well loosen up a little bit. If you need to take your shoes off, take your shoes off. You need to go get a new coffee, whatever it is. There you go. Hey, Amen. Miss Natalie's going to get a fresh cup. You know, look, just do what you got to do. This is gonna be—it's gonna be a rough one. Don't you log out? I see you about to hit end on that broadcast online. Don't you do it? You hang in there. Strive with us today. I'm going to pray one more time and we're going to jump in because I don't have much time. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. Father, help us to get stuck on you. Help us to get stuck on the good things today. In Jesus' name, amen. I was putting the title of this down and I I kept thinking about that Lionel Richie song. Stuck on you and got that feeling down even. That's a good one, isn't it? Oldie but goodie. Close my eyes. I love that praise. Yes, I'm on my way. Mighty glad you stay. <laughs> Love me some Lionel Richie. Get stuck. Let's just read the passage, and then we'll, we'll jump in. Go to verse number 9. Verse number 9. If, you've, if you have a study Bible, maybe you'll see in your headings that this says something about Christian ethics or something like that. This is super good. Look at it, verse number 9, chapter 12, Romans 12, verse 9. And we're going go to go to verse 21, which is the end of the chapter. Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil and cling to what is good. Just hit pause there. Go to the end of the chapter. Go to 21. I'm sorry. I know I'm messing you up screens. But if you have your Bibles, look at verse 21. I'm coming back to to the the beginning. Verse 21 says, "Do do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with what? With good. Those are bookends on this thought. Verse 9 says, let it be without hypocrisy, detest evil, cling to what is good. The end of his thought says, don't be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with what? With good. So that, that's what he's after. We're, we're going to conquer evil with good. It's almost like two teams. You see that? Look at verse 10. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Take the lead in honoring one another. Do not lack diligence in zeal, but be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. You hear that? Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Mm. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath. Because it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, what's it say? Come on now, what's it say? Say it louder. If your enemy is hungry, laugh at him. If your enemy is, is hungry, text, text your friend and say, ha, told them. No. If your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will will be heaping fiery coals on his head. That's a quote from Proverbs. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with what? Mm -hmm. Doesn't it preach itself? It preaches itself. Even though it preaches itself, I'm going to preach it too. (laughs) It's going to be good. Listen, we often find ourselves in cycles. Am I right? Here's what I mean by that. You ever said this? I'll do better next time. Oh, I got one for you. Ready? I promise it won't ever happen. Hey, Mr. Fred, good to see you. Hey, it's never going to happen again. I promise. I didn't mean it. I'll do better next time. Have we ever said that? Cycles. Cyclic. Cyclic. Is that how you say it? Cyclic? Cyclic. There it is. I knew I was saying that wrong this morning. Cyclic. Hey, we get caught in cycles. We think to ourselves, and every wife is like, uh-huh. I know a good cyclist. <laughs> He'd just be riding a bike in a circle in the cul-de-sac. He's a knucklehead, right? <laughs> I'm serious. It's something that we struggle with. I think the first seven years of marriage was nothing but me apologizing over and over again until I figured it out, and I still don't like have it figured out. You know what I mean? But it's a lot better than it used to be. Can I get an amen? Yes. Cycles. We think to ourselves like, "Yeah, we've got this thing down," and then we fall. I'm not going to go back to that drink. I'm not going to go back to that addiction. I'm not going to go back to that person. And yet we continue to fall into it over and over again. This is what I thought about when I'm reading Paul's words and he's talking about defeating evil with good. I thought to myself, like, this is something that we just literally face every day. And it's like a routine. But how do we break the cycle? How do we find ourselves stuck on the right thing instead of being stuck on the wrong thing? How do we find ourselves cemented to that which is good to the point that we're not playing for the other team anymore? We're not being duplicit. We're actually telling the truth and not like, yeah, you've said that before. No, we're saying it and we're speaking it and there's substance to our words. We're saying, I'm not going to do that. And there's internal resolve, stick to with the weight of those words. Wouldn't that be nice? To not be in that cycle? Sometimes seasons in life can lead us through different cycles. Isn't that right? Haven't we seen that? And if you live a while, that's you, you, know, you definitely sense that certain seasons are more difficult than others. And a lot of that depends on how the Lord wired you. But I see here that Paul is saying... And I'll show you. The whole message is coming out of... Look at verse number 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. We'll come back to that. Detest evil. What's the next word? Cling. That word cling, if you look at the the Greek word that's buried there, cling to what is good, it has the connotation of cement or glue. Paul is saying... (laughs) There should be part of you that is stuck on the goodness of God. You see, the problem is is that we think that goodness originates with us. We think that somehow we're able to do something good, and that's why we are in cycles. We are in cycles because we are trying to produce something that we are actually not able to produce. And the enemy that has been twisting God's words from the beginning, he twists your words and he twists your thoughts and he comes to you and he says, you can do better this time. And all you're doing is repeating the lie that the enemy is doing and you say to your spouse or your children, I'll do better next time, knowing that that's literally just the words of the enemy to you. If he can, if the enemy, if if Satan, whatever you want to call him, can come to you and convince you that you can do it and you have the ability, then he knows he's got you on the hamster wheel. I got it. This time's going to be different. Yeah, you're really going places. But as soon as we realize that we are unable and that this is something that is outside of us, we get off the wheel and we go, huh, i just been on the, literally going nowhere. Yep. Uh-huh, that's what he's saying here. Let's look at this. Here's what, I, here's what I see. Before we get to the good things, 1152, we're doing okay. Before we get to the good things, because he says cling to what is good, you'll notice that there are sprinklings of things throughout his little dissertation here, this part of the letter, that are enemies, that are the evil things keeping you from the good things. And so I wanted to just highlight those, and I I wrote them down here. These are the things, common threads in these verses of what ruins what is good are these things, what what I'm about to tell you. Look at verse number nine. It says, let love be without, what's the next word? Come on now, you have your Bibles. Let love be without what? Mm Mm-hmm. Let love be without hypocrisy. Remember, these are just a few things here. We're not going to spend the whole message on it. But these are the things that will kill you clinging to what is good. The first thing is hypocrisy. We're not doing ourselves any favors by pretending to be something that we're not. Fake it till you make it. I get that. I get it. But Paul is saying, look, if you're going to get along, if you're going to love each other, if you're going to build something substantive here, you're going to have to do it without pretending. I I think about one of the statements that I love from a a pastor that I listen to all his leadership stuff, Craig Groeschel, he says, people would rather follow someone that's real rather than someone that's always right. And that's the truth. People are craving today just folks that are real. It's it's not about having the right answer. And here's the thing, like when you think about the Pharisees, right, that's really the the tension that Jesus had during his earthly ministry. Were the religious people. And they were the Torah-abiding Jews saying, this is how it has to be done. And, And Jesus is like, okay, dude, you're doing it all right on the outside, but on the inside, you don't even believe this. On the inside, you're full of dead dead men's bones. Is this what we have? Do we have a church full of dead people? Full of graves that we decorate, but on the inside, we actually don't have a relationship with Jesus? If we're going to get to the bottom of of the cycles of life and us not doing or being uh, uh, cemented or glued to what is good, we have to start with the fact that sometimes we are hypocrites. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy because what we're portraying is not what's happening on the inside. We were doing family devotions last night, and Sarah got it out, and we were walking through some different things and talking about uh, Trinity. and Rainey said to me, she says, Dad, uh, can I ask you a question? I was like, sure. She's like, I just don't know if this is okay. And she's like, well, really, I just want to tell you something like I've been thinking sometimes. I'm like, spit it out. It's all good. And she's like, well, Dad, sometimes I wonder if the Bible is real. And I'm like, that's totally okay. I'm like, you know, everybody doubts. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, everybody doubts. The Lord made us in his image. And the Lord is a communal being. Like, God never did anything alone. God had the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They worked and lived together in community, and they affirmed one another. And the Bible tells us that we need each other. And so what happens is, Rainy, you're given gifts by God, but that doesn't mean that you're perfect and that you've got everything figured out. You talk to me, and I talk to you, and we encourage one another. What, What you do is when you have a thought like that, you get it out. You expose it. You drag that thought into the light so your other brothers and sisters can talk about it and help each other with, and and help walk you through that. She's like, yeah, I feel better already. I'm like, yeah, let me talk you through why I believe the Bible, and maybe that'll help you, why I believe it's right. But here's what we do. We pretend, we play church, we come here, and we don't want to say anything wrong. We don't want to talk about our doubts to our other brothers and sisters because we don't want them to think that we don't know. At some point, can we all just admit that we don't know? At some point, can we all just admit that we're not okay all the time? And that we all have questions and none of us are perfect and we're all on this journey together? And if we were to have that attitude instead of hypocrisy, Instead of saying, I've got this whole thing, I come here and I'm here to give you what I have. Maybe you come here and for the first time in your life you say, I actually don't have what I need. I need something from somebody else. And you might actually get something out of church. You might actually find encouragement. You might find that the Lord gives you an answer uh, for something that you've been looking for. But you can't come knowing everything. You come empty to get what? Filled. You come filled and you ain't going to get nothing. Let love be without hypocrisy. Hmm. Could it be that he was saying, y'all are different different types of people. And if you're going to be able to get to the place as brothers and sisters. Ooh. So the wording there, let love be. And then it goes on to say as brothers and sisters. It's the Greek word phileo. The city of brotherly love is called what? Huh? Philadelphia. Philadelphia, phileo. That's where we get it. It comes from that Greek word, brotherly love. It's talking about accepting each other as brothers and sisters. And these were two totally different groups of people. How do we get to that place as a church where, you know, it's just like, it's not saying that you always get along. Brothers and sisters do not always get along. Can I get an Amen. <laughs> But what it means is that at the end of the day, we're still related. At the end of the day, we're still there for each other. Nothing can break that bond. Paul is saying, "I want that bond because you see Jesus, you're, you see Jesus connecting you to the Father, and if you all have the same relationship with the Father, that means you're brothers and sisters, and you have an unbreakable bond." That's what Paul is saying, and you need to do that without projecting. You need to actually love them, even though you don't agree with them. You need to actually be connected to them, regardless of how you feel about their actions. That's tough. Look, here's the thing. This this first thing here, hypocrisy will keep you from good things. The second thing I see, I'm spending too much time on these, <laughs> pride. How many see pride right there? He says, take the lead in honoring one another. If you go down a little bit more, let's see here. Look at verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. We'll come back to that. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be what? Do not be proud. He says it right there. Here's the next thing. Do not be wise in your own estimation. You know what else will kill good things? Your pride. And really, you can see this is the root. Of the the hypocrisy, the root is thinking that you're better. If you if you think about this, do not be wise in your own estimation. Here's what he's saying. Don't overestimate yourself and what you're able to do. Overpromise and under what deliver. Many of our cycles and the problems that we get ourselves in are because we think that we're more capable than we actually are. The whole point of this is to say you're not capable. Jesus is. The whole point of this is to say, don't worry about being the best because you have the best. We have to change our mindset. This is keeping us from good things. Some of y'all need something good in order to save your marriage. Let me tell you right now. Some of y'all need something good in order to save you from your depression in order to save you from your anxiety. But unfortunately, you can't get to what is good because you're clinging to yourself. You're clinging to your own skewed, escalated view of what you can handle. What does this, humanism? Look at what our society is trying to tell our children. You don't know, have go any further than Disney Plus. You know what I'm saying. Just believe in yourself. Just believe You can do it. You are so great. I'm about to pull out my Trump voice real quick. (laughs) Church, no you're not. (laughs) Romans, Paul has just literally spent the entire book telling us that we're fallen, that we're sinners, that we can't do it on our own. So we've reached this place that we have to be honest with ourselves and say, at some point, am I overestimating myself? Am I trying to take on this problem that literally the enemy wants me to do on my own? Stop doing that. Self-governance is is literally our demise. And we're going to see this. Look, self-reliance and self-governance is a huge problem. Why? Because no man ever, Scripture says, hated his own what? Flesh you're always going to take the easy way out. You're always going to prefer yourself over somebody else. You're always going to make sure you come out ahead. If we don't ever cling to what is good, in other words, if we don't ever cling to what the Lord has for our lives, then we're never going to be in a place to watch the Holy Spirit work. You're living, here's another thing, here's another way of putting it. I'm, I'm just trying to get you there. You're living in the natural. So why would you expect to see something supernatural from the Lord? You're you're good with your ability. So why do you even pray? It's getting quiet. Cling to what is good. I'm sure. I mean, I got three hots in a cot. You know what I'm saying? I go to church. I I enjoy the Word every now and then. I pray when I when I think about it. We're the most spoiled nation on the planet. We don't need God. Paul is saying if you don't need God, how do you how do you think you're going to need each other? How do you think you're going to get along with people that aren't like you if you don't even get along with God? If you don't even let God lead you into a relationship that's tough, why would you ever reach across the aisle to somebody else and love them? Man, I know this ain't popular. This is hard. This is just, man, I dropped the lid right there. I know it's not what you want to hear. Think about how I feel preaching it. (laughs) But this is what we need. All right, all of those things, hypocrisy, pride, self-reliance, and self-governance are things that Paul is addressing in this passage that will keep you from clinging to what is good. Do you see it? Do you see that's what he's addressing? Now, here's what he is saying. In verse 9, he says, cling to what is what? Good. Let me tell you. Let me teach you a little something about woodworking this morning. You know that wood glue, if a piece of wood breaks, the bond that glue is or makes with those two pieces of wood that you're putting back together is actually stronger than the board itself. It's crazy. And if you experience this, uh, so my wife bought this piano from the kid's piano teacher. She moved to California and we needed a piano. The one we had was, we couldn't restore it. So we're like, hey, we'll, we'll buy it for, from you and you don't have to haul it across the country, right? She's like, well, the legs, the front legs are broken. Um, they're just kind of like stuck up there. And so I looked at the back and they're like blown out. And she's like, but I have the pieces still. I was like, yes. <laughs> we We can work with this. So I took the pieces, I took the legs and the pieces that she had that broke off, and I put some wood glue there in the middle. And then on the outside edge, I put like a quick, quick grab glue just so it would hold it. And the other takes about 30 minutes to cure. I bonded those puppies, I taped it, and I let it set. If you take a chisel and you put it on top of that wood leg and you crack it good and you split that leg... Guess where it's going to split first before it splits the glue? It's going to split somewhere else. That bond that that glue makes, that chemical, they, it's so incredible. The science is so good, I don't know how they do it. But it works incredibly every time. Wood glue is awesome. Even doing a floor, it's like, some of y'all don't even know this. Here's a trick you take wood glue and sawdust. If you got a big crack that you need to fill and you can put a bunch of glue in the hole and you take sawdust from the wood and you rub it in and it forms this hard, un, I mean, literally after you sand it, you can't even tell. It's like a piece of the wood. That chemical, that glue that holds things together. That's, that's the word, the Greek word that he's saying, cling, stay with me, cling to what is good. He's saying you need to glue yourself to something, to that which is good. It's the same adhesive, cement, concrete. Those are all words used in the Greek to describe what Paul is saying. Sounds familiar. So let me get this straight. We are broken. We are broken, yes or no? And we come to the Lord broken. And he says, I'm going to seal you with my Holy Spirit. Come here. And he comes and he takes that wood glue, the Holy Ghost, and he fills the cracks with it and he puts us back together and here we are, whole! But yet we run back out into the world to get cracked again. And we come back and the Lord's like, I got more glue. And he puts us back together. Fancy that we always break in another place. But where he glued, guess what? It doesn't break. Just like wood glue. (laughs) I was thinking about that all week when I was reading. It just jumped out to me. Cling. I looked up that word cling, glue, cement. Cling to what is good. And I thought, man, it's not our goodness It's not cling to the good list that I did this week. I made a list of good things that I'm going to do and I'm going to cling to that. That's not what Paul is saying. Paul is saying you're broken and the master, the craftsman comes and he takes the pieces and he puts you back together and you cling together. You are put back together. It's not something you produce. It's something he does. Hmm. One is a relationship and the other is religion. One is a list of good works and the other is God saying, this is what I have for you, my child, sons and daughters. How are we going to cling to what is good? I got three things. Thank you for asking. Number one, what is good? Here's what I see him defining as good in this text. Number one, family. Number one, family. Look at verse number nine. Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and what? Sisters. It says this, take the lead in honoring one another. Huh? Go down to verse 13. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue what? Hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Let's just stop right there. Paul is saying there's a family element. If God is our Father and you are brothers and sisters, I don't care how different you are. You need to love each other. That is a part of clinging. When God has fixed you, and He has put you back together, your priorities to defeat evil are your family. See what we're doing here? You see how Paul's put this together? He's saying what is good in your life is your brothers and sisters in Christ. Here's... This is incredible. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality first. In verse 10, it says that we are to love one another as brothers and sisters. It, it says here, always let your family members eat before you. If it says to share, think about what's going on historically. The Jews were oppressed. They were driven out of the land. Remember, they trickled back in, but the Gentiles were living in abundance. In this community. And so what Paul is saying, Gentiles, one way you can show the love that you have for your Jewish brothers and sisters is to what? Feed them, help them, have them over, be hospitable. Hey, Torah abiding Jew, go over there. You can eat kosher from them and still be in their presence. Do you see it? Get along. It's okay. Let someone else help you. Know my pride, what I need. It happens monetarily and it happens spiritually. Some of those that are the quietest about your financial struggles understand and I'm not talking about poor-mouthing, but usually it's those that need it the most that nobody knows about. Let people help you in the house of God. Let people be there for you. Look, we've all been through tough times. We've all been in those moments where we didn't have two pennies to rub together. I shouldn't say all, maybe not everybody, but most of us have. Most of us have been in those difficult places. Paul is saying, watch. And in order to know, you've got to be hospitable. Boy, we're so stuck in our ways. We've got our stuff, our food. We become so like with that scarcity mentality and when everything's going on in the world, we miss our brothers and sisters here. Paul is saying there is really no better way to show what is good and that you're clinging to the gospel by being hospitable. How do we show what is good? Number one, family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. This works spiritually too. If you're suffering, you're depleted, and you don't have what you need spiritually, tell somebody. Tell somebody. We don't go out to eat with each other enough. We just don't. I mean, Sarah and I are constantly like, our house, we just, we're so thankful for our home because it's, we're constantly entertaining. People coming through, and you're like, I ain't never been to your house. Well, come tell me that you've never been to my house, and I promise you, you'll be at my house within the week. (laughs) I mean, I ain't stingy with what the Lord gave me. Like, legit. Like, we love it. Why? Because we love people. We love talking. We love helping. You know why? Because we get helped. We hear what we need. Look, this isn't about being a Rambo, you know what I mean? Some kind of lone survivor in this thing. That's not church. You say, well, I'm just an introvert. Okay, find another introvert to love on. (laughs) Sit in the room real quiet. (laughs) Whatever you need. They'll know what you, I don't know. I'm an introvert too. <laughs> Just kidding. Lord, forgive me, for I have lied. <laughs> Family, here's the problem. As a pastor, look, I'm going to be real honest with you. You ready? It's 12:13. We're doing great on time. Not really. Don't look at your watch. Here's the problem. Here's what I see a lot of. You know what so and so said. You know what so and so did. And I don't know, it's like kids tell on themselves. You know what I mean? Anybody ever experienced that with their children? You're like, not mine, mine are sneaky. (laughs) That's a problem. Get to the bottom of it. (laughs) Most kids tell on themselves if they've got the right spirit, right? It's like, blah, 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 blah. I don't know why it works the same way. In the church, you come tell me stuff, and I'm like, why are you telling me this? (laughs) You're like telling on yourself. I'm like, you're being mean. What do you want me to say? You're, you're not being a good brother or sister in Jesus. Like, stop it. Okay, yeah, pastor, you're right. <laughs> you just walk away. <laughs> it's, it's strange, but my point is, is that we're not generous with each other. If someone came up to you and they legitimately said, I need something, let's say it's money. Would 10 other people know that they asked you for it? That's sad. Man, it got quiet. Or would they know that they could get what they need from you and nobody else is going to find out about it? Because you know there's those types of situations. Let them tell their own story. But, but you see, that's letting love be without what? Hypocrisy. Unfortunately, in churches, we're still getting over on each other. Well, they're getting over on me. At some point, somebody has to say, I'm okay with being gotten over on. At some point, someone has to say, I'm good with it. Because what I have isn't what? It's not mine anyway, it's God's. The joke's on them. That's what Paul says at the end, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. Why? Because if you if you say, I'm not going to do that, then that's them getting judged. That's them getting what they're getting. But if you give, then it is up to who? God. When we take the position of God why and, and our prayers don't get answered, it's not a mystery, folks. You took the position of God. God saw you do a God thing in someone else's life, and he doesn't need to intervene. Does that make sense? Number one, if we're going to start clinging to what is good, n- number one, we're going to cling to family. Let's be different. Let's act different in the house of God. Let's lay down the things that we're different about and just pick up each other and love each other. Number one, family. Number two, filling. I don't think I'm going to get to them. Well, we'll get to them all. Look at the word. I, I just have to share this with you. Look at verse 11. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. You know what that word means? I was was blown away when I looked this up. That word fervent, it means boiling. It means boiling. It means hot. Like right now, it's hot in here. Is anybody else hot? Just me. I'm just up here jumping around. It means boiling. It says, be diligent in getting boiled by the Holy Ghost. Let me just put it in Matt's terms. (laughs) What is Paul saying? Here's the problem. We don't don't like being in hot water. Oh, here it comes. Number one, clinging clinging to what is good is clinging to your family. Number two, it's clinging to a filling. The problem is, is if you say, Holy Spirit of God, fill me, he begins to fill you. He begins to move. He begins to tell you what you need to do. The Bible says that he rebukes the world of sin. And when you say, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, he comes and he says, hey, if you want to be filled with me, stop that. If you want to be filled with me, don't do that. Do this. Tell them that you love them, even though you don't. Forgive that person. And what do we do? We jump out of the hot water. And Paul is like, in order to defeat evil, you have to cling to what is what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back in the pot. Get back in the pot, fervent in spirit. Be diligent to be burned by the spirit. While I was musing, the psalmist said, the fire what? Burn. The Holy Ghost is not playing around. He goes from zero to 60. Quick. The burner gets turned up. If you're concerned about what's good, Paul said it's going to be the Holy Ghost. What is good? His filling. But his filling is hot. And heat always purifies. It always gets rid of things that shouldn't be in there. Right? Church, when will you be filled with the Spirit of God? When will you find yourself in your prayer closet and be okay with the fire that comes out of it. You can't run from it. I mean, you can. But if you're actually trying to defeat what is evil, you gotta cling to what is good. Consistently seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance, Paul says remain in the water when it gets hot, fervent in spirit. Stop getting out of the water. It's hot, I don't like it. It's okay. Let me tell you, I I get a vision sometimes. The Lord shows it to me and I see our church and it's like we're doing a ton. Like we're doing more community stuff. I see our church loving each other. I see our church being there for one another. I see folks serving one another. I get that in my mind's eye and then I think about reality, right? All the problems and I think about all the dissimulation. I think about all of the hurt and I think to myself, like, Lord, what's missing is the filling. And if each and every one of you, look, you may there may be somebody in this church right now that you don't like. In your mind, you're like, I don't like them. They're weird. I promise you, you go to your prayer closet and that's the person that the Holy Ghost is going to bring up. They got something for you that you need. I see it. I've seen it over and over again. You have to want the filling more than your comfort you got to want the filling and it's hot and it hurts and it's boiling and you go, I'm just going to go back to doing it my way. Uh-uh. This is without hypocrisy. I'm good on my own. No, you're not. You need your brothers and sisters. You have to love each other. Paul said, this is how it's going to work. I don't care if you're some arrogant Jew that thinks that they can't eat and dine with a Gentile. If you don't humble yourself, you're going to starve. They have what you need and you have What they need. You have a rich heritage of what God, Yahweh, has been doing for your family for years and years and years. They just started in this thing. There's no such thing as a self made man or woman in the church. There's such a thing as a a man and a woman that clings to God. And that comes with a filling. And you got to be okay with the pain. The last thing this tells if you're filled is feeding. I kind of hit on it already. If your enemy is hungry, what's it say? Feed him. This is a mentality here. I'm going to explain this to you, church. Family, filling, and feeding. It is time that we feed our enemies. It is time that the church actually is different. It's time that you actually cling to what is actually good. And what Paul says is actually good is when you love the unlovable. Okay, so um, um, Pastor Matt said that if he need, we need people to serve, so I'm going to serve. And so you show up to serve in the nursery, and it's like, I, I'm, not, I'm not. This is literally an illustration. I have no one in mind. It's like, I'm serving? 2022, right? Look at my picture here in the nursery. <laughs> Wiping snot nose. I'm going to serve on the worship team. <laughs> Doing it for Jesus. Hashtag love first. Right? All the things that are out there in front of people. Maybe you come and you clean. Maybe, I mean, there's like a hundred things, right? We could just, you, you work in kids ministry. Maybe you come to the old people Bible study and you give like cookies and stuff. Whatever it is. At some point, the church has come up with this cheap version of what it means to have a relationship with the Lord, and it's what you add to the story. It's what you add to the church. It's the good things that you do. And Paul is saying, you know what the litmus test is? Not how many times you served this week, but who you fed. You know that person that you haven't been able to forgive? Paul is saying, I'm going to judge how good you are by how much you feed them, by how much you love them, because that's the hard stuff. And I shouldn't say anybody can serve because we're struggling with getting people to serve too. So please come and serve. But I promise you, the barrier, watch this. Come on now, this is, this is the stuff. This is it. The barrier to you serving and living a Christ-centered, fulfilled life Is that one person that you don't like. I'm telling you. It's about feeding your enemy. And look, it hurts. Trust me. I'm thinking about one situation in particular in my own life, one that I struggled with for years. I would like rather preach a million messages. I would work in the church 80 hours a week. I would do whatever, God. Just don't tell me to go forgive that person. Do you understand what I'm saying? What Paul is saying is you've got to stop being God. You've got to stop administrating all of your good deeds, and you just do what God tells you to do, and he'll handle the rest. And unfortunately for us, nine times out of ten, God comes to you and says, you need to fix that one thing you you don't want to fix. You need to give to me the one thing that you've been holding on to for years. And I know this isn't everybody's story. It's mine. It was mine. But when you submit to that, I think about Psalm 23. We talked about this on Wednesday morning this past week. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thou preparest a table before me, where? In the presence of my enemies. You take me to the scariest places to eat with the scariest people? Does that sound like fun? We all, I mean, how many times have we quoted Psalm 23 and we're like, the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> He's so, I don't know where this voice came from today. It's a good one. <laughs> it's like some kind of woo girl or something. The Lord's my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. That—that That is tweetable. That's going to be, I need to hire a photographer right now. Green pastures. That's 2022. No. Yes, but also what? Prepares a table in the presence of all the people you hate. Man. Look, we we got to figure this thing out. Until we figure this thing out, we're operating at like 10%. What do you mean? I mean you and us and everybody. Until we figure out how to forgive and how to love people that we don't that we don't like, then we are playing God. God says, if vengeance is needed, guess what? I got you. If justice is needed, guess what? I got all the justice in the world. Not only did I crucify my own son because I care about justice. So you think I won't do that to some enemy or someone that's done you wrong? I've got it. But let me do it. And I promise you, you'll teach them a much better lesson by not letting them get a rise out of you. By you going to them and saying, guess what? I love you. No matter what. I'm telling you, that's going to fix so many of your problems. Just stop doing it your way. Look, what am I saying? Cling to what is what? This doesn't sound good, Pastor Matt. (laughs) I know it doesn't. It didn't sound good to me either. But I was like, Lord, you're going to need a little extra glue on me this week. I feel all broken up. Lord, I feel like a wrecking ball went through. You know what I mean? We all have those moments. The potter is so good at molding the clay, isn't he? Cling to what is good. Thank you for watching and joining us for our church online. I pray this experience was just what you needed today. If you made a decision for the Lord to follow Christ, or if the Lord did something in your heart that was special today, we would love to hear about it. Post it in the comments, send us a message and we'll reach out to you. Have a wonderful week, and God bless.